Hi friends, welcome to Reading Minds. Today you will be hearing our first episode of something we call Seasons Readings, where I talk about my reading life over the past three months. Don't worry, I won't be going into detail about every single book I've read, but I'll let you know what I've loved and loathed, as well as how I read and the goals I've made for myself. Hopefully you can relate with some of my thoughts and maybe even come away from this episode with a few books you'd like to read in the future. So enjoy this episode of Seasons Readings for Summer 2018. Season readings episode one for summer 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm planning on just kind of giving you an overview of everything. Not everything. We're not going to talk about every single book, no. but we're going to talk about what I've read and how I've read and things I'd like to get better at and so that kind of thing. So this isn't going to be for plot overview or anything right. like that. Right. But take way too long. Yeah, no, we'd be here forever. <laughs> so, basically, Mason is here right now. Say hi. Hello. Hi. If you if you didn't catch that, um, so he basically just has my Goodreads account open and is just gonna ask me whatever he thinks looks interesting on my read list this season. So <laughs> we're gonna do this every three months. So the past three months, right. I have read twenty nine books. It's a lot. I mean, yeah. relatively speaking. I mean, I More feel like... More than I've read. I don't know. I feel like it was a lot, and also, like, it wasn't really a lot at mm-hmm. the same time. I also read a mix of different genres, so I mm-hmm. read... I read a lot of sci-fi, lot. actually. Yeah. Like, a lot of sci-fi. <laughs> Which I was not... I don't know. I never really thought that I would enjoy sci-fi so, so much. a lot of sci-fi was the... Just to jump into the list, the Arusha and the End of Time, was that like a sci-fi? Arusha. No, it's like, so this is part of Rick Riordan, who is the author of Percy Jackson. Oh, right. So that whole series, yeah. So he has this thing where he, I don't know if he endorses them, but he kind of um, highlights these authors who have written books very similar with different mythologies from different cultures. Yeah. So I had read that thinking that I'd like it because I, for some reason, never really liked Percy Jackson. So I thought I might like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like it, but mm. yeah, you I read it. Two it. Stars. it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't horrible. It was just not for me, and not something I think I would encourage like okay. a child to read. I guess I don't know. Um. Um. So let's start. Anyway, so I read a lot of sci-fi. I also read like some personal finance. I read one personal finance book, but that was a big thing, because I've never read anything like that on my own for fun before. Yeah. So yeah, I've read a lot of different things the past couple months. Um, so yeah, we can start by going through June, and I think Arya Shaw was in June, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so we can yeah, just, like let's just talk sure. about June in general. Uh, so personal finance, um, that's, it's like... There's not going to be very many of those books. There's only one personal finance book. So what do you think of that? Was it? It was okay. So I read The Richest Man in Babylon, and this was a suggestion from my college roommate's father. Mm -hmm. So um, part of the way I've been reading this year is I posted 
on Facebook at the very beginning of the year right. asking for recommendations, and I've been kind of working through all the different things people have said, or select ones. He gave me like five finance books, so I picked one, <laughs> and this was it. Okay. So it was interesting, and I think a lot of it was kind of common sense, but it was written as a story, which I thought was interesting. So it's about, I don't know, it's kind of like proverbial Okay. So it's about a man who lives in Babylon, and he's broke, and then he gradually rises to oh, being okay. very wealthy. So it kind of just talks about the little things he did to get himself up to that point. Gotcha. So, so. it's like a almost a parable-type book, yeah. where it's just like, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was definitely a lot more exciting than I feel like I would have thought any so other person. So what are, what, are, what are we doing wrong? Is there anything that you're going to change? Does this affect how you're actually going to make financial decisions at all no okay (laughs) i don't think i mean i feel like they were very applicable applicable if you don't really know what you're doing okay and i feel like we have our own little system system that we've got going and i don't think we're doing anything wrong okay so so we're on on the road to become the the wealthiest the richest man and (laughs) the richest couple in babylon sounds good Um, Um, So I also read, that month I ended up reading three out of like eight of my five star books. Yeah. So I don't know if I was just in a really good mood that month or what, because I don't think I gave, I think there might have been one book. You didn't give very many five stars, Uh, but. And um, in the next two months, I think there might be one between the other two months. Yeah. So June was just a good month for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I read, so out of the, the five star books that I read, I read Hour of the Bees by Lindsay Eager, which mm-hmm. is a middle grade book. Yep. And I had read this for a book club that I was attending right. at the time. <laughs> um, and they tend to focus on YA or middle grade. Okay. And I loved this book. It was kind of fairy tale-esque, I guess, um, while still Fun. being rooted in the real world, which I really okay. enjoyed. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to get. You really like that one. I don't want to get too much into plot, <laughs> yeah, but it's no, about no. like this family in New Mexico, and they're trying to move the grandfather into a home for people with dementia, and he kind of has these these dementia type fits, um, but he's also trying to tell his story, and there's kind yeah. of some magical realism in there about yeah. a drought and some bees, which based on the title you probably got that yeah um but yeah it's just very enchanting it is long and i remember a lot of the people at my book club really how many pages it's about 400 but okay but the margins on the sides are like two inches thick okay so it went really quick and the people in my book club had made a comment about how they thought that it could be about 200 pages shorter Mm -hmm. i really don't think so because I think that would have taken away from the tone a little bit and it's just kind of this sweet I don't know I don't want to say happy because I was weeping Mm -hmm. at the end in a good way yeah so it's like a heartwarming yeah heartwarming good yeah it was a good cry (laughs) um I also read Unbroken and that's about Louis Zamperini who is I don't know Olympian athlete turned prisoner of war (laughs) um (laughs) And it's a true story, and I just really appreciated how well-researched the book is without sounding like a news article. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was very well done, and it was just a very gripping story. Yeah. Um, and then the other five-star book was Letters to My Daughters by Barbara Rainey. 
Yeah, and that one book in June. In June, yeah. Right. Letters to My Daughters is a marriage book that was given to me by my mom at my bridal shower. And I don't know, I think it was just because I read so many marriage books before we got married, mm-hmm. like back to back. Yeah. And I think it just kind of, it didn't bring me down because, you know, I was excited about getting married. <laughs> right. But I don't know. It, they were just very serious books. And this one was, I don't know, it was really pretty. There were pictures and they're written as letters, so they're very personable. Right. And she takes each topic and separates it into a different art form. So it talks mm-hmm. about paintings and photography and I think cooking is in there. So different things like that. And I really enjoyed that. And I just thought it was very encouraging and refreshing. It wasn't like anything else. It wasn't a step by step how to have your best marriage ever type. Right, right. It was just And I think it was just it was the only book the only marriage book I read after we got married. And it was just after all of the (laughs) trying to cram for the wedding. (laughs) It was nice to just take a step back and breathe a little bit. Yeah. 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 So I really liked that book a lot. Okay. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention in June is my one disappointment. Okay, not my one disappointment, because I tend to read books that disappoint me. Anyway. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Um, just trying to better myself. I know. <laughs> so I read a book called The Cow Book, and mm-hmm. we had got this on our honeymoon in Ireland, and I was really excited about it, because cows are my favorite animal. Yeah. And I love farmers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this book talks about rural life in Ireland. And yeah. a lot of it was really, really interesting. But I think the author used his book to talk about his own, like, scruples with his parents. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of as a way to complain, which was a bummer. Because it was, I don't know, there's a lot of really in- useful information. Not useful, because I don't farm. Yeah. I don't have cows. <laughs> <laughs> But it talked a lot about, like, step-by-step, like, how to birth a cow. Okay, that's good to know. it talks about the mixture of, like, the pagan religions, or religions, yeah, and Catholic culture. Oh, in Ireland. In Ireland, and how that plays out in their farming life. And I thought that was really interesting. interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I was overall disappointed, but I'm glad that I read it. Okay. Yeah, so that is everything I have for June. Do you have any more questions about June? I was June? just going to talk about The Cormoran Stripe, because the first book oh, you really yeah. loved. Yeah. And then it feels like the second book you read was a three-star, and then the third book was a two-star. <laughs> yeah, it just gradually just went downhill for me. So The Cormoran Strike series is a crime novel series by J.K. Rowling under the pseudonym of Robert Galbraith. And I had read the first one... And I really, really liked it. And then I ended Which, up... I don't understand why you'd have a pseudonym. Like, you're already a famous author. Like, I, I think she just wanted to get out of... And everybody knows who it is. She wanted to get out of her reputation for being Harry Potter, I think. Maybe. And being, like, a middle grade or child writer. And she wanted to just write something very different that would appeal to different audiences without the stigma of, oh, this is a J.K. Rowling book. Yeah. <laughs> so, I understand that. I remember when you first started the series, it was, oh, this is a J.K. Rowling series. Like, that's... Why one of the I like, main reasons why you started I like it. mysteries and it kind of no, has that old school like old timey Agatha Christie type vibe to it yeah um and the first one I, I still think that that was a really good book yeah but even when we listened to it because we all I, I read it and then I listened to it with you because I wanted you to read it right and I think you were the one who actually first pointed out 
the thing that bothered me through the rest of the books about how she withheld information. Yeah. So it was really bad in the second book, actually, at the very end. I don't know. This is kind of a spoiler, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's this part where Cormoran, the detective, has this... I feel like you can do this without a spoiler, though. You don't have to get into specifics. It's not specifics. Okay. So where Cormoran has this incriminating evidence... And he is telling his assistant, oh, look at this. And then we, like, the reader never knows what they're actually talking about yeah. until after it's over. Yeah, which and, I like, they had already kind of, figured it out. It's kind of gimmicky. Like, yeah. The, the best mystery is when you read a book, you, you, you find out the mystery, and then you go back and realize you, realize you could it have was known there, there all along. along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way to do it. The first one was kind of like that. Mm -hmm. But the second one was a little worse, but I liked the story. And then the third one, it was all character-based, and she just took too much... I don't know. She just invested too much in her characters for what we were given, I think. Mm -hmm. Because the assistant, who is the girl that the book kind of follows, she's just this very perfect character, Mm -hmm. but she's too perfect. Yeah. I... I did not like her. Like, that rubbed me the wrong way, (laughs) which is not what it was supposed to do, but I don't know. I, yeah, so I know the next one is coming out this month sometime, and I probably won't be reading it, because, yeah. You got got a lot on your Anyway, that's that's all I want to (laughs) say. And I do know, like, Shannon really loves those books, so I know people who love these books, so it's not to say that they're horrible books. Right. I just, they're not for me. Um, Willa Cather. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. So, which is weird, because I gave it four stars. So, I read The Professor's House by Willa Cather. Cather? Cather? Willa Cather? I think it's Cather. Yeah. And she is a classic artist? Author. Why can't I think of these words? (laughs) Classic author who grew up in Nebraska. And I had originally read this one because I was going to join a book club that was reading it and then I ended up not going but I'm really glad I read the book it was it was beautiful like the writing is just very simple I guess and it's just very introspective and the characters are really good I know you read a little bit of it out loud to me Mm -hmm. yeah it was really good the the language the I said the the characters are very rich right rich characters and it's not even a long book so you're able to get a lot out of it for just a couple it's like 150 pages. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. It was beautiful. Uh, we're talking about Bachelor Nation, how we're never watching The Bachelor again. So now we're in July, right? <laughs> this is July. Yep. And I think that was the first book I read in July. And so, okay, The Bachelor is kind of a divisive topic. <laughs> I had watched The Bachelor for years. Not years. It's been a couple years. Uh-huh. And pretty regularly, but I missed seasons here and there. So I wasn't, like, a diehard fanatic or anything. But okay. I did love it when I watched it because I really enjoy making fun of people in uh-huh. their own reality TV. So why not? Um, but, yeah, so I watched it a lot. And then I found this book. And I forget what the author does, but she's some kind of journalist right. who is kind of in with some of the people on set. Okay. And she's gotten kicked out of some Bachelor events because she has said some things that the producers mm-hmm. of The Bachelor do not like about their I show. See that. Okay. Um, so I read this book, and it talks a little bit. So first of all, it talks about the development of reality 
TV love shows. Um, oh, okay. So that kind of, um, just as a genre. Mm. What was the first one? First show? I can't remember, but I know that the... Like, the first I can think of is The Bachelor. There's a couple more. There's the, I forget what it's called, like, Blind Date or something, where they're behind a curtain. Oh. And so it's not based on looks at all. You just hear them talk about what they like to do, and they have, the contestant has to pick one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was one. There's a couple different variations of that, I think. And then The Bachelor, I think, is the first, like, major, major thing, because now it's it's a whole thing. Like the title of the book is bachelor nation. Cause that's what yeah. they call their fans. <laughs> um, so it talks about a little bit about what the producers do. Cause they kind of run the show. Right. Um, and it just talks about how the contestants are treated and what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. But it's also written from the perspective of someone who watches the bachelor like consistently and loves it mm-hmm. and there were all of these segments in it from celebrities about why they love the bachelor and why it gives them hope that like love is real and that kind of thing so it wasn't written in order to dissuade somebody from watching the show right. it just really rubbed me the wrong way based on how human beings are treated on that show and yeah. that's all, I, all i'm gonna say about that but there's <laughs> a lot of manipulation which obviously there is if you watch the show, you like know you that knew this it, can't be real life. <laughs> yeah, it's like you knew it, but now now, now it's you just know. like now you know. Actually. I feel like there's I I have ethical concerns about that show. Yeah. So let's move on from that book. <laughs> I can talk about that for a while. Um, uh, I also read the, the Read Aloud Family. I think that's an important one. The Read Aloud Family. Yeah, yeah that was a really good book. I had listened to this one as an audiobook. Um, so the girl who wrote the, what is her name? Sarah McKenzie. Yeah, she, I haven't listened to it at all, but she has a podcast called The Read Aloud Family, or Read Aloud Revolution. Yeah, The Read Aloud Revival. Read Aloud Revival. <laughs> I knew it was one of those things. And so her whole thing is the importance of sitting down with your family and reading aloud. And yeah, I thought it was really great. And it has a lot of good book suggestions for kids of different ages, which was great. I just have no children. but it did kind of reinforce to me that it is good to read aloud and that's something that we try to do just the two of us sometimes but yeah I thought that that was a really good book if you're in that stage of life (laughs) I did give it a four star rating because I think I'll probably revisit it once I do have children or we I guess uh do you want to go over gospel comes with the house key this is your other five star star. so earlier this year I read what is her other book called? Secret, Secret Thoughts, Thoughts of an um, Unlikely Convert. So that's Rosaria Butterfield, who was, what was she, like the head of curriculum for... She was, I think... I don't know. Is it is in the English department at Syracuse. Yeah, she was... Yeah. Is head of curriculum or department head or something like Something like that. Line. But she was this very prominent position at Syracuse, and she was a lesbian, and she was just very liberal and secular and anti-religion and all of that and she decided to write a paper about um i think it was like modern evangelicalism in politics or something like that yeah and she ended up meeting this not professor pastor Mm -hmm. (laughs) um of a local congregation and she ended up becoming a christian so that book it wasn't yeah right it wasn't like that it was yeah in the whole book is just her whole process of her conversion and then the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So this book is not at all like the first book. I mean, it is still a memoir. So it's her telling her story. But this book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key, is about hospitality. Um, and I just thought it was really great. Um, mm -hmm. I think when I was reading other people's reviews, the only thing, the thing that they didn't like is that it was a memoir and not like a step-by-step -step how to right. be hospitable, which would be so hard to do. Yeah. And I think she did that on purpose. Like I so I, lis I listened to the we listened to her on a another like radio show slash podcast and she was talking about the book and um, she said that you you really couldn't do a step by step in that sense because you, you mm -mm. can't make uh, you you can't lay down specific like a how to guide. It's just uh, her goal was just to say, hey, here's how we do it. Take from mm -hmm. it what you will. Here's the good that we've seen come of it. Um, you know, you don't have to do it exactly how we do, but it's something that we need to start mm -hmm. doing more. And I, I loved I it. Yeah. I thought it was very encouraging, and I would have gotten very frustrated with a step-by-step -step type book. Right. I think. Right. Um, and I think it was just the stage of life that we're in right now too, because we just moved, mm -hmm. and we're trying to. We're asking a lot of the same questions about how to have people over and how to right. be hospitable. So right. I think it was just very timely, also. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh. My one star book was this month too, or July. So yeah, I won't talk about it too much. So I read a novella called *The Prime of Miss Jean Brody*, and this is another one of those books that I picked picked up because I was going to start going to a book club, which I ended up not doing because <laughs> first of all, you have a very bad track record with book clubs. I know. <laughs> you you've planned to go to like five and you've gone to three i've three. tried i've planned okay. to go to three and okay. i went to one twice okay anyway so i that's why i read this book i i'm <laughs> i didn't i hated this book i don't understand why you keep reading books that you hate so much because like you hated it within the first widen my years. literary horizons yeah i just don't i don't i'm don't still proud of myself for reading it and it was a novella it was short yeah so anyway if you have read this book, please tell me what you think of it. And if you mm -hmm. loved it, please explain to me why. Because I feel like there is part of me that didn't, doesn't understand it. Right. Like, maybe I read it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I don't... I for sure... <laughs> I for sure don't like that it was so allegorical that I feel like the story suffered. So the mm. characters, I could never grasp. Like, I never really liked one. And I think there was one character in particular that we were really supposed to like, and I did not. Mm -hmm. Because I couldn't... There was nothing for me to sympathize with. Right. Um, there was a lot of religious themes to it mm -hmm. that I did not agree with. But I think it was just very vehement. It wasn't a nice book. Yeah. I guess is, <laughs> is what I could say. But anyway, if you've read it, and you understand it better than me, you can email us at our yeah. email, which will be in the description. Yeah, good tie-in. Okay, <laughs> that is that book. Um, Let's see. Else? Those are the main things in July. You want to talk oh, about? You think that I'll say it. Oh, you want to talk about that? I can talk about that. Yeah. It's a little... Hmm. So I really enjoyed this book. I picked it up because my mom had it on our family vacation, and she just... Like, let me read it. So I read it in a couple days when we were there. Um, and she ended up really not liking it because it is an R-rated book. Okay. For sure. Um, 
so yeah, if you, yeah, don't pick this up thinking that I recommended it to you, if, especially if you are a sensitive reader. Okay, this is a collection of short stories, and it kind of talks about different stereotypes of people that we have. Some of it was yeah. political. Um, some of it was more of social situations when we look mm-hmm. at other people and think we kind of have people all figured out. And right. there's always this twist in the stories. And it, it shocked me every single time, like whatever really? the twist was, which is impressive to have a collection of stories that can do that every single time. And you know it's coming. Right, you know like, there's going to be a you twist. You know there's yeah. a twist. Um, and I think that's why I enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed her writing style. I did not like some of the content. I don't condone some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was really well done. And I, I thought it was a very honest look at humanity. And I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. If any honest look at humanity is going to have. Yeah. Because it was like both sides of people. It wasn't just, oh, these people are actually bad. It was like, it was a lot of nuances. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated it. There you go. Um, Um, That's all I have for July in my notes, unless there's any other questions. That's good. Okay. Um, You want to talk about, you finished the Ender Saga. So this is August. We yep. can talk about that at the end because, well, no, I'll talk about it now. No, talk so, about it now. Since April, I have been working on reading the Ender's Game. Is it called Saga? Yeah. Quartet? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the Ender's Quartet, I think. Maybe. Yeah. So apparently, though, there are two different series within Ender's Game. Yeah. So I read the one that follows Ender's life. Right. Right. Um, and I... I was blown away by these books. Yeah. Yeah. And you I read them a couple years them, ago. I think. Yeah, so I yeah, I encourage you to read them. I read it a couple years ago. Yeah, and it it definitely blew my mind. Yeah. I and loved it. I just really love that he was able to have these hypothetical situations. Mm-hmm. So like aliens, obviously, cuz this is sci-fi. Um Right. So you have these hypothetical situations about what life means and mm-hmm. what is there a difference between the life of an alien and the life of a human. Mm-hmm. And you just have these different scenarios that I would have never even thought of. But they seem so realistic. Like, yeah, of course that would be an issue that we would have to think about if there were aliens and mm-hmm. we're trying to live on the same planet. Right. Um, so it's a lot of philosophical... And, like, weird, not real science (laughs) combined. Yeah. Um, So those kind of conversations. Fictional science almost. Yeah. What? It It was was a a joke. It was a pun. Because science fiction. Fictional science. Oh, funny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I love those books. My favorite, and that was the only one I gave a five star to, because I'd probably give them all five stars if I wasn't stingy right um so i my favorite one was the second one which was speaker for the dead and that was it was good they were all really good i think the second to last one though xenocide mm-hmm. was a little long i think i remember that i think yeah. that is the only flaw mm-hmm. of this series yeah so go read the ender saga yeah when you get a chance oh they were so good yeah um you want to talk about wind in the willows I want to talk about Wind in the Willows. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, no. No? Why no, because we're going to record that one. 
That's oh. our next book club. So if you want to hear about Wind in the Willows, Aww. be watching your subscription. What do you call your feed? Yeah, your podcast feed. I know how to. I know this lingo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, August you're, actually you're getting there. August started off kind of meh. I read two books that were meh <laughs> at the beginning of the month, and then it got way better. Um, so I read Cutting for Stone and The Incendiaries, and those were the two men books that I read. Cutting for Stone is a pretty popular book, so I understand why people like it, and I think the writing was really good, but I don't know. I just didn't like how it talked about the human body in general, mm. and that's another... I want to... It's R-rated. It's not as R-rated as you think it'll say it, but it's mm-hmm. definitely got some sensitive material in there um and i and it's about this mission hospital in ethiopia i felt like it talked about the sensitive material and the surgical like procedures in the same way and that Hmm. really bothered me Hmm. um it just seemed very grotesque yeah that was the feel of the book to me yeah i get that yeah um and then the incendiaries it was a recent publish and every single recent publish that I read, I have never liked. Mm. Which is, I don't know, it's sad. Like, I'll, I mean, that's fine. I can just read old books. Yeah. But old books are good. I thought I was going to like this one. I really did. Because it's about a guy who left a Bible school and transferred to a secular school because he walked away from his Christian kind of Pentecostal type faith and decided, like, it, it wasn't for him. And then he starts dating this girl who gradually starts joining this cult. So I was expecting a lot of good conversations about what faith means. There was nothing. Mm. It was just about the plot and about, I don't even know what it was about. There are a lot of parties because it was college. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It was very disappointing to me. But it was still like, it was a nice light read. So, like... Sure, but I didn't want that for that plot, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, those were my meh reads, and then it got a lot better because I read The Lord of the Flies mm-hmm. and The Phantom of the Opera. I think I actually listened to both of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, And Lord of the Flies was actually narrated by the author. And That's he has cool. a little bit of commentary at the beginning and at the end. And That's it was cool. just really, really interesting. Um, what, what was the audiobook version? Um, Do you have that handy? I do not, but I can link it yeah. in the description. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's by William Golding, and he okay. narrates it, and it's okay. it's really good. And I liked it a lot. I was expecting to like it, because it's been one of those books that I've been meaning to read for years, and yeah. have finally read. <laughs> um, you want to mention the North Korea book? You finished that recently. Oh yeah, I forgot to update this from earlier. So I also listened to a book called Nothing to Envy, um, what's the... Ordinary the, Lives in North Korea. Right. So it was by this journalist who has written a lot about North Korea, and she had a lot of interviews with defectors. Mm-hmm. And she basically just pieced together these stories about what their everyday life looked like and how they defected in detail. So That's really it, cool. was, it was really good and really, like, gripping yeah. Like, I couldn't stop listening to it. I think I had it playing, like, the last couple hours of it as we were traveling. Yep. Yeah, so I had it playing yeah, it was, in the it car. Was, it was interesting. And I spent two years in Korea. Um, I actually got to meet some North Korean defectors. 
so it's super cool. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, they yeah they went through a lot, so it's <laughs> yeah it's uh, if crazy. You feel bad about complaining about our little little problems here and there. Right. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, that'll. You read this you book, up. you can't complain ever again. You can't <laughs> yeah. complain about anything ever. Anything again. ever. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's very good. I think I. I don't know. I tend to read a lot of other people's reviews of books. <laughs> and I think the main problem that people saw with this is that she was making up a lot of it. Not making up, but there was a lot of detail in these stories, like day-to-day detail that I don't she know was, how. Um, but she word? also was... Uh, extrapolating. She was taking all the yeah. like, plot and different descriptions and yeah. then kind of throwing it together yeah. and then extrapolating. And I definitely don't want to be like critical of that because no. she has actually been to North Korea and yeah. she knows what it's like. So I think that people so I think with the reviews were a little harsh because they just thought that she was some... Just making stuff up. Some, yeah. No, she was actually... Yeah. sounds like it was very well researched. and Because mm-hmm. um, again, like the, all the descriptions that I heard was yeah. similar to what... Yeah. I mean, to be, I say Korea. I was in South Korea, if that needed to be clarified. <laughs> I didn't spend two years in North two Korea. Two years in North Korea. Oh, no. When I first, um, like, found out I was getting stationed there, I called, called my mom and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to Korea. And she's like, which one? North or South? <laughs> I'm like, eh, I, don't, I don't think North Korea has, is going to let us have bases there. But, no. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so that was a very good book. Um, also, The Wind in the Willows, which, stay tuned. For that, with Shannon and Susie. Mm-hmm. Um, is that everything? Okay, so you want to talk about, like, you're always reading, like, four or five books at a time. Yeah. How do you and, keep track of that? Okay. Would you prefer not to read five books yes, at a time? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it just... <laughs> it just somehow happened that my process right now is to be reading four or five books uh-huh. at a time. So, okay, let me tell you how I read, and then maybe you can give me some suggestions. And by you, I mean the listeners. Not and me. maybe you. We'll see what you have to say. So, okay. I have my long-term projects, uh-huh. which is Calvin's Institutes, which is right. this massive book that's just sitting on our coffee table that I'm gradually trying to read a little bit of every yeah. day. Um, and then, like, the book that I'm reading for my church's Bible study. So, like, right. those are my long-term projects. And then we have our read-aloud book. Right. Which right now is Le Mort d'Arthur. I don't know how to actually say that in American. Say it in French. No. Yes. <laughs> no. So, which is about King Arthur and, yeah. like, the Knights of the Round Table. And yeah, so it's Thomas Mallory. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super old, and some of the writing's a little archaic. Is that yeah. the word? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's been good. It's been it's good. Fun. I've enjoyed it. Good. Um, and then I have my audiobook, which I listen to when I get ready mm-hmm. and like when I'm driving and stuff. And that, and for now, I'm reading Lost Boys by Orson Scott Card. I can't say his name. Orson Scott Card, who wrote the Ender's Game books. Because at the end of the last book of Ender's Game books, <laughs> mm-hmm. there was a little, um, like a postlude, and he talked about um, certain reasons he used certain cultures in his book. And then he mentioned oh, I wrote this book called Lost Boys, which is the only book that will gain any seriousness or something like that. And I was like, ooh, I should read this book. So I'm listening to it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, so I have my long-term books, my mm-hmm. audio book, my read-aloud book, and then I have my book book, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is Walden. And 
I ended up actually reading, I think, six books at a time last wow. month because Walden is not as good as I remember the little bit of it that I read in high school. <laughs> so that's taking a while. And so then I realized, oh, I have to read The Wind in the Willows because we have to record that soon. And then I realized, wait, what was the other book that I read? Oh, the Ender's Game series because that was an audio, or not an audio book, a library book, and that had to get returned. So I was reading all these books. I think that's how you end up, one of the reasons you end up reading. The library books. the library. Yeah. Yep. You thought, oh, I got this. Because you but put holds on like 50 true. books at a that's time. That's true. I use Overdrive. So I end up having holds on stuff. Mm-hmm. And... I have no control over when I actually get that book. Yeah. So I just read it whenever I have whenever to be flexible. Yeah. Um, and then I have the book that I read on Sundays mm-hmm. because I tend Isn't to... Isn't Calvin? No. I have an Amy Bird book. Oh, okay. Um, no Little Women by Amy Bird. And because we tend to read or we tend to focus on um, Sundays being a day for worship and rest and taking mm-hmm. a break from everything that we normally would do. So okay. I have... I have a specific book for Sundays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that is my what process, my reading okay. process right now. So that's why I'm reading five books at the same time. Hmm. Interesting. And I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, not hopefully, but maybe that will change in the coming months. Maybe. In the next season. I would like for it to change, but I feel like this is a pretty good routine. What if you, like, themed seasoned reading do you think you could do you think that's something like what do you do mean people do that where they like say for fall maybe like you mood read, reading mood reading so you read like fan either or maybe different genres so oh maybe yeah that's the thing for a... yeah because in october that's when i'm gonna read all the scary stuff and i will not oh, okay. be sleeping uh, <laughs> which means i will not be sleeping yes <laughs> <laughs> oh that'll be fun it'll be, be fun. very fun i'm excited yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I guess for next season, I have a couple goals, too. Okay. Um, so I'd like to read... To share. Um, some more nonfiction, because I read a ton of fiction mm-hmm. the past three months. Um, so, I mean, I have a whole bunch of, like, history books and some biographies and some theology books that I should be reading, and they're there just sitting there on my shelf. Also, I... On one of my recent Facebook posts, somebody mentioned that I need to read longer books, yep. and that really hit home to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to read a longer book. Um, yeah. I would like to read something that's like 800,000 pages. Maybe not this coming season. 800,000 pages or 800? 800 to a thousand. I don't even know a book that long. 800,000. No. So I would like to read a longer book that might be later in the year um, because I do have some other sort of long books that but aren't quite that long that I also need to read, like Crime and Punishment. Yep. That's been staring at me lately on the shelf. Um, oh, that's another one of my goals. Read more stuff from my own shelf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I have been really good about not buying books this you season. You have been. Yes, thank you. Say that again. You have been very good at not buying books. Thank you. I just needed that. For the record. For the record. On the record. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love buying books. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I need to read books that I already own because I have plenty of those that I have not read. Yep. Um, I also have a cookbook that I've been meaning to read. 
I read a cookbook last year. Is that a normal thing? Do do people do that, or is that just? I think some people do it. People do it. No, people do it. I stand by that. I've never. Okay. I've never heard of that before. It's not a normal thing, but it's a thing. Okay. And I read a cookbook cover to cover, and we use it all the time. That's true. That is true. It's helpful. It's been helpful. And. I don't know. You get very well acquainted with the people writing the cookbook when you read it like that, too. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I've only done it once, but I do have a cookbook that I've been meaning to read. Okay. (laughs) For fun. (laughs) Um, Oh, the last thing that I'd like to accomplish is to finish the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. Yeah, so we just... Oh, we just finished... um, Like the universe and everything. Yeah, so that's the third book. And it was... It was fine. Yeah. I feel like... The first one was really great. The second... The second was fine. Like, it was good. Mm-hmm. But this one... I don't know. I feel like it drug on a little it bit It did. More. And it was only, like, 150 pages. So it should not have drug on <laughs> at all. Yeah. But I only have, like, three books left. I feel like I'm too far in to stop. But yeah, so that's one of my goals. And I think that's it. Do you have any goals, like, that you think that I should have? <laughs> goals that I think you should have. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dangerous question. Um, read the Wheel of Time series. Get um, some epic fantasy in your life. You, so that is the one genre you haven't. I don't think you've actually read. No, I don't think you've read any epic fantasy. You are right. So yeah, because I've not goal. read Lord of the Rings. I have read The Hobbit. I read The Hobbit. Okay. And I really okay. liked it. it. Yeah, The Hobbit is closer. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll give you that. I've read one thing. <laughs> one thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, you've so been trying cool. to get me to read Wheel of Time for since I've known you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So at some point, I'm sure it will happen. Also, those are long books. They are long books. So mm. They can meet they two can meet birds me. with one stone. <laughs> yeah, we will see. So, I think yeah. you really. I think you'll really like it. They have. I might. I I can see myself. Robert Jordan them. does a really good job of fleshing out characters. Like I mean, yeah, they're they're long books, but they're long not just because of like fluff, and it's not it's not like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like a lot of epic fantasy these days is just almost cookie cutter action. Like mm-hmm. it's like an action movie. You just see how much action you can pack in a book. But Robert Jordan does a really good job of packing in like character development, and it's really like that's the focus of the book it's not a bunch of action yeah so it's good we will see all right um i think that's all i have for today thank you so much for listening to us talk about all the books yeah it was good yeah and i will do this again for fall in november we'll be there to help yep i'll be right here all right goodbye bye of Seasons Readings. I really loved reliving everything I've read recently and assessing what went well and what didn't. All of the books that we mentioned will be listed in the description as well as links to both of our Goodreads accounts where you can find even more books. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, ideas, etc., feel free to leave us an email at readingmindspodcast at gmail.com. Be watching for our next book club episode soon. Until then, read away. Bye, friends. Thank you.